This is an Area Code podcast. Oh, God, there's a whole other conversation we could have about, and, and I actually wanted to have, about whether that part of me read that whole thing, and, and it obviously it's not intended to be, but part of me read that whole thing as just a straight up rebuke of the Enneagram. Oh. Hi, I'm Richard Clark. And I'm Bethany Perkins. We love pop culture. And we love the Enneagram. We are obsessed. That's why we're hosting a podcast where we can get it all out of our system. This is No Chill Enneagram Watch Party. A safe space for Enneagram and pop culture fanatics. And a pretty great idea for a podcast. everybody i'm richard clark i am a four on the enneagram and a nine on the hotness meter Whoa. Um, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm here as always with bethany perkins bethany hey. i'll let you take it from here i am a two on the enneagram and a 10 on the hotness meter <laughs> All right, tweet at us. Let us know what you think. <laughs> um, today we're talking about in and of itself. In and of itself is the new hotness. And as, as of the time we're talking about it, it's been out for maybe a week. <clears throat> it's a big freaking deal. All celebrities love it. And apparently all the celebrities loved it when it, when it was in theaters in actual like like live stage theaters. That makes sense. Because there's a number of cameos in this thing. Man, you should not be listening to this if you have not seen it. Yeah, seriously, t- if you haven't seen it, turn this off, go watch it. It's only like an hour and a half long. And if people have gotten this far and they still haven't seen it, like, stop. Just please stop. And even if you're like, I'm just never going to see it, I'll just listen to this. No. You need to stop and go see this. You need to stop. <laughs> <laughs> this is an outrage. I feel like this is the closest you get in today's day and age of like way too much to watch to a must watch thing. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I do. <laughs> but I was like, normally with must watch things, I'm like, oh, I I'll go and watch this with people. I'll force my family to watch this with me. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know how I'd feel about like watching this with other people. No, I, yeah. I don't know why. It I just... watched it with Jennifer and there were a couple of moments where I had to shush her. Like, mm-hmm. and, and not because like she was being ex- extravagantly talkative. Like I, she mm-hmm. was shushing me too. Like you, you need to be zoned in. You, you do. know what and I mean? Actually, here's what it is for me is that I would be too overly concerned about how, like, everyone else's emotions while watching it. Yes. And so it was good for me to watch it alone. I have a thing where I can't cry in front of people. 
Um, oh, I even can. even Jennifer, like I feel weird, like I feel self conscious crying, and so I did a little of this stuff. But <laughs> he's like, shrugging I'm, his I'm, shoulders. I'm like, I'm like heaving a little bit, like a little bit oh, of a dry gosh. heave kind of cry toward the end. But I, I I don't think I got the full effect, basically because I wasn't alone. Like like the other, I remember a couple months ago I watched the Florida Project. And cried. I watched it all by myself, and I cried harder than I've ever cried in a long time. Not ever. Whoa. I've okay. Cried harder <laughs> than I've cried in a long, long time. And huh. I, I kind of think that would have happened. I was feeling it from the very beginning. Like, oh, this is gonna hit me. You know, mm-hmm. there were little tales happening that we'll, we'll probably talk about. But uh, I actually didn't like really cry. You didn't. I got a little teary, and I was emotional, but I uh-huh. didn't like fully cry. I want to talk about why in a minute because I have a theory. Okay. All right. right. Let's let's do our first segment. It's called Describe That Thing in Nine Words. Unless you're me and you're going to describe it in three. What? Because you're revolting against the system. Why are you doing no, that, No, I Bethany? just, because I only need three words. I would be forcing it to make it nine when I have the perfect three words. I just want to point out that the reason we named this, the reason we have this segment be nine words is because the Enneagram. I know. And the Three's monks, in the Enneagram, too. Nine is a special number, and the monks made it that way. <laughs> You know what so, nine is divisible by three. You know yeah, what nine I, divided by three is three. Yeah. Well, that's crazy. Anyway, okay. Go go ahead. What's your description in three words? Theatrical existential crisis. <laughs> <laughs> you could you could have padded that a little. One man but why? has a theatrical. I could have done crisis. that, but I'm lazy and I didn't want to. <laughs> Okay, here's mine. One man's realization. We are more than our labels. That's mine. All yeah. right. There are a lot of different directions we could have gone. With oh that. man. With this thing what this is. This thing is like that elephant where it's like a lot of different things. Yeah, it's like like that elephant that they that he references. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You get it? Okay. I do. Well, do we just go into typing? Or what do we do? Like, here, let's just state the obvious. This is going to be an easy one to type all the characters of. Because it's just one guy. It's just one dude. Derek um, Delgaudio. 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 What an interesting name. So do we want to say anything else before we move into that segment? Let's just talk about it a bit yeah, first. Yeah, because... Yeah. Uh, it was just so much. Like, I don't even know where lot. to start. Yeah. Like, I know. I, it's unlike anything I've ever seen before. Yeah. I would have been stressed out of my mind if I were in the audience in real life. Oh, really? Do, do you yes. think you would have liked it? No. Interesting. No. Now, here is what this is the, the interesting thought exercise watching this is like, what would have happened to you? In that audience, would you have stood up when he asked you if you took it seriously? Yes or no? No. I, well, I might have felt peer pressure to stand up because a lot of people did stand up. Yeah. But I wouldn't have taken it seriously, I don't think. When you chose your card, you wouldn't have mm-hmm. cho- taken that. I would have taken mine extremely seriously. 
I feel. I, it feels too vulnerable from the beginning to have taken it seriously. Huh. And then it, it, if I did take it seriously, I would have been horrified at the end where he's like <laughs> t- telling everyone what they are out loud in front of everyone. It's so vulnerable. It's so exposing. Mm-hmm. And I don't go to shows to have an experience like that. But that's why people went to that. Show, I just want to be, be in the audience and be anonymous and yeah. be no one. But but there was something. What's really interesting is that that those moments. I think we have to type this guy. I think we have to go ahead and get into it. Okay. Um, because I I think it's or maybe we get there. I don't know. But what I'm going to say is. The, the superpower of this person mm-hmm. is that he is able to internalize a person's whole thing and relate to it in exactly the right way, right? Like he is he is able – like f- in terms of the broad audience, he manages to say something in that show that so many people have resonated with in a way that I've never seen before, like in terms of how people are talking about this thing. So that's already a superpower. But in terms of his individual reactions to people as he's talking to them, particularly at the end, mm-hmm. the the there are so many little moments in that series of naming people's titles mm-hmm. that are striking to me. Like when he pa- the the first one I think is where he pauses on single mother. He like pauses. Mm-hmm. He looks admirably at her and says mm-hmm. single mother. Yeah. Like. Like he really internalizes those. Things. He's not just naming like a memory exercise, right? Yeah. The one that got me was the nobody. The nobody is a big one. Yes. Oh. It was a lot. Oh, it was a lot. Oh yeah. my gosh. Can we talk about the cameos? Because the cameos are like there was. There's a world in which you could write those off as like Craven or like oh, why throw celebrities in here all of a sudden? That's just weird. But. A, they like happen to be at the shows because rich people go to those shows. B, having them like lumped in with other humans made everyone feel equally ordinary in a way that was really interesting. And it also gives us context for exactly how people are feeling. A good example is Steve Gunn. This is the first cameo. Did you catch him? No, I'm like, who are the cameos? Because I don't think I really recognized anyone. There's There's some amazing ones. So the first one is Steve Gunn. Do you know who Steve Gunn is? No. He's like the make it work guy from Project One Runway, and he he said uh, "Good Samaritan" to Steve Gunn, and Steve Gunn's reaction when he is called a Good Samaritan. And let's be clear about this: what he's actually doing in that moment is seeing them, right? That's what that's supposed to be. He even mm-hmm. he kind of clarifies that. I don't remember what the line is, but he's he basically is seeing them for who they are. He's oh yes, he says. Uh, True, ident- your identity is who you see yourself as, and someone else sees it that way too, basically. Mm-hmm. And then he starts this process of calling out how people see themselves. Mm-hmm. And when he says Steve, Steve Gunn is a good Samaritan, he just mm-hmm. like starts shaking. Steve okay. Gunn starts shaking and crying. I, yeah, I remember that. I just didn't know who he was. It's so brilliant that that's the first cameo that I at least noticed because Mm -hmm. that is a moment where he is not like fashion guy or something. Like he's not the guy anyone knows him as. Yeah. And it's just so cool. There's another moment where Bill Gates is there and he says leader, which is like. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And Bill Gates is like, yeah, thanks. (laughs) Yeah. He Um, was not like 
uh, moved to tears or anything. Right. Dave Bla- David Blaine is in the audience. Oh, what? David Blaine is in the audience. He looks at him and he says, brother. And then he hugs him. Which oh. is amazing. Okay. Because I will tell you that halfway through this show, I'm thinking David Blaine must feel like a stupid idiot right now watching this show. Like I'm imagining uh-huh. that David Blaine is watching this on Hulu going, I never did anything remotely meaningful with my illusions. And he's got to, like, could you, I, I'm just saying if it were me, I'd be watching this thing going, I hate myself right now. I do not deserve to even be at this show right now. I suck. Yeah. I hope he'll at least, like, talk to me uh, over coffee one day. And to have him say brother in that moment and hug him, they, like, hugged and embraced. It's just a beautiful moment. Yeah. Anyway, like, a series of cameos like that. The, the um, Yeah, I'm trying to think who else there was, but there was a lot of them, if you pay attention. DeRay, DeRay, who's, like, a Black Lives Matter activist, was there. Hmm. I think it was visionary for him, which is kind of obvious. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, yeah. That was good. All right, let's talk about type. Let's type the characters. So all of that to say, what he's what that guy excels at, in my opinion, is empathizing with and seeing other people. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and he does it in a lot of little ways throughout the show, and like. Is he's just he's able to tell his own story in a way that feels generous to other people and also share the platform with other people, which is why I would type him as an extremely healthy four. Yeah. I I was thinking the whole way through I was thinking four or five. Mm-hmm. Four or five. Interesting, yeah. Yeah. Um, because he doesn't like present as very emotional mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. Like he presents like a five. And the way that he like talked about like learning all of the the cards and the hustling yes, and all that, that, that some, stuff. That, that was some felt five-ish stuff. Very for sure. five. Yeah. But by the end of it, the whole thing is about being seen and known. Even if you didn't know anything about the Enneagram, I think that's what you would take away from it Mm -hmm. as as the point of it and what he's talking about, being seen and known. And that is – that's four. Like, that's undeniably what fours are about. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's right. This – I think that's why I was so touched by this. This is a – a man who in some ways at least presents on stage in this particular play mm-hmm. as a fully evolved four. And he really articulated something that I have struggled with my entire life. And and I think I texted this to you when he talks about his, why he is the rulatista mm-hmm. <laughs> and he, the, the man so he says he stands in the dark room night after night. People place value on how much he is worth, and he puts a gun to his head. Essentially, he takes a risk to make mm-hmm. himself worth something. Mm-hmm. Like, my entire life has been about trying to figure out who I am and then asking the world, does that mean 
anything to you? Is, is that valuable hmm. to you? And realizing over time that the answer to that question is it means something in so much as it helps them determine who they are or helps them to be seen in some way. I, I think I, uh, there was a period in my life where I really struggled to figure out like why it was that I could never be, I, I was helping a lot of people get a lot of platform, get a Mm. lot of like get seen, but Mm -hmm. I, I had a hard time achieving that for myself. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that's really incredible to me about this is that is the whole show is around. It's ostensibly about him, but it's really, mm-hmm. he's not the point. The point is everyone else and every, I don't know how he does it. Like this is really magic for real. There is, there is nothing about what he's doing when he's naming, naming their titles that they chose. That is, actually seeing them but he does make them feel seen you know what i mean like it's Mm -hmm. actually kind of a trite thing when you blow it up a little bit like i'm not talking about exposing the trick or something i'm talking about saying oh you identified as a leader you would you identified as a good samaritan Mm -hmm. that's not anything Mm -hmm. but it's the way that he does it the way that he frames it and the way and the the yeah it's just all of that like and the context and everything comes together to make those people literally weeping mm-hmm. because they're seen for that. Yeah. And that is like, I'm, I'm getting goosebumps right now because it is an act of generosity and it is literally a superpower mm-hmm. that some people have. And I think probably all of us could have to some extent, right? But it takes, it takes a certain amount of like um, being willing to get out of yourself out of your own head and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was it? I said, I was going to get back to the, the, the reason that you didn't cry at the end. Maybe. I don't know. I, I teared up, but I didn't fully cry. And actually, and the part that I teared up at was the Hmm. people reading the letters on stage. Cause all those people were sobbing. Yes. That that was the thing I was going to say would probably resonate more with you. And, and I feel like a lot of the point of the play was around that concept of like, and maybe why you didn't cry because you already knew this, is like we are who we are in relation to other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I feel that. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe I – I already feel like I need to watch it again. Like, uh, yeah. Just to fully – I don't know, to get deeper into the layers of it. But I think on the first viewing, I was a, I was distracted by thinking about how uncomfortable it would be to be in the audience. <laughs> yeah. And how I would die. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. And then also the magic part of it. Like, how? Like, how? Yeah. And is it? how like and i know that's not the point but which part was like most mind-blowing to you the letters magic wise the letters i think for me too the letters and in the end like saying what everyone's card was like how do you do that how do you do that did you just memorize them all 
I think. Or does he read people's minds? <laughs> That's a serious question. No, I understand. I think that there's a there's a thing called a mentalist, and that's basically what he's doing. He's doing mentalism. And my understanding from what I've read is that they just have earpieces or something. It's like some some really obvious trick that takes all the fun out of it completely. But either someone signing or maybe in the back or earpieces or something, you know. He seems like he seems capable of memorizing an entire deck of cards. That's true. Yeah, totally. And so he could have memorized the deck. And it's maybe like organized by where they're seating or something. Yeah. They're sitting. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah, I could see that. That would be pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. I think what's really fascinating is like literally you could tell me how every trick is done and it would still I don't care. Like I care. I'm interested in that. That's like an that's an that's an interest driver in the thing, but to me like what really blew my mind was the emotional skill of this man. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's like I very much want to know how he did all of that stuff and mm-hmm. like <clears throat> but that really wasn't the point of it. Yeah. So like, how do you internalize all of the stuff he's talking about on stage every single night? He, you, you talk about how he doesn't show much, much emotion, but he, he's not emotional. He's not dramatic, right, but right. he, he is feeling that stuff. You can tell as he's talking, yeah. he's feeling that stuff every time. And then you got to go through all those people. You got to have those people read their stuff, which actually he's a little detached in those moments. Like when people are reading their letters, mm-hmm. he actually stands pretty far away mm-hmm. and lets them just do their thing, which I think is yeah. maybe, maybe actually a f- personal pacing thing on his part. Like, mm-hmm. cause if it's me, I couldn't, it's like a, it's like, it's a marathon, not a sprint, right? You can't mm-hmm. sprint through that thing. Yeah. <clears throat> but man. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. What do you think about the wolf dog thing? What do you think about that? I don't know. I mean, I I feel like he... I was believing that he was a wolf. Like... Like the whole time? Like, I was just like, oh, he's telling us that he's a wolf. And then at the end, yeah. he was like, "I'm, I am both a wolf, and yeah. a dog." In a way, it's like there's the obvious thing where it's like he's a dog or a wolf, like we're all bad and good at the same mm-hmm. time or whatever. Yeah. But then it was like because he talks about card tricks and stuff, I took it at his tell that like I'm gonna be tricking you tonight. Like mm-hmm. I'm gonna be doing some magic tricks. Mm-hmm. And I just like it almost felt like the Penn and Teller thing of like, you're about to see some illusions. Mm-hmm. This is not real, which is which is what kept me in it when the when it started to feel really cult leadery <laughs> toward mm-hmm. the end. Like yeah. it felt undeniably cult leadery to, toward the end um, mm-hmm. when people started to get fully invested. And I just thought as heart knowledge and there's head knowledge and, you know. Yeah. It was wild for me because I didn't know that magic or illusions was going to be a part of it at all. Interesting, yeah. I did not know that going into it. Yeah. So I was shocked. 
I was like, wait, mm-hmm. is that what's happening? Okay, I guess it is. <laughs> like when he starts Didn't doing know. card tricks. Yeah. 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 I also thought it was it was interesting at the beginning he said like I'm going to tell you the truth mm-hmm. and because I'm doing cuz because I'm on stage I wrote it or, down. Okay. He said you think this is a performance. Knowing you won't believe me, that's the only reason I'm going to tell you the truth. That really messes with my head. Yeah, me too. I don't know what that means. That doesn't mean anything. Well, it means he's telling true stories. Yes. Supposedly, Knowing but it's true. I don't because believe because he knows we won't believe him. Yeah. Which we now do because he said that. Except so I now don't. He can't tell us the truth. You know what I mean? Yeah. It eats itself. Yeah. It's like. When you're watching a comedy special and you just assume that all the stories that they're telling are not true. Yeah. I still felt, I mean, I don't know. I'm like, yeah. Do you think that was really his mom at the end? <laughs> I do. Yeah. I don't think they would have faked that. That would have been really lame. To yeah. Fake. Why would you do that? Yeah. Were you impressed by the brick at the end in the credits? Yes, I was. I wasn't. Because the minute he said that, I was like, oh, someone's going to run that out to the corner. Uh-huh. Like, that's an easy thing to pull off. It is an easy thing, but still, it's like the cherry on top. It is, yeah. I agree if you had left that, and then you went, and it was there. Okay, I have to say, I um, what's way more fascinating to me than than why how he pulls this stuff off is, like, what kind of person is he really? That is a really interesting question to me. And so I spent about two, one and one, I spent a long time just going through his entire Twitter feed last night. Oh, wow. And like, I, I went through his replies. If you go through his replies, he replies to almost anyone who tweets at him. Oh, I'm going to tweet at him now. Um, And a lot of people, he just gives a thumbs up emoji. But this dude Cannot help himself. He's a human being, you guys. Mm -hmm. Like, he... Let me see if I can find... I took a couple screen caps because one of the things he's in a habit of doing is when when people say, uh, you know, someone... People said, at Stephen King, thank you for recommending in and of itself. It was great. And he'll tweet back and say, wait, did Stephen King recommend it? Which is amazing when, like, literally Bill Gates is at your freaking show. Like, you feel the need to get Stephen King. He did it with some other actor, too, that I can't remember the name of. But it was hmm. just wild. I'm going to pull it up here. Okay. <clears throat> so, The Watch is a podcast, and they covered it. And they tweeted out that they covered it on the podcast. And Derek replied, Sounds like Andy watched it with his head and not his heart. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um Derek, if you're listening to this, we listen to it with our hearts. Yeah. Yeah. So I just didn't cry, but but we did, I promise. Someone said, I thought it was a third rate magic show, 90 minutes, five easily explainable tricks. And he replied, It was six tricks, asshole. <laughs> Oh my gosh! That's hilarious. 
<clears throat> oh my god! But if you look, you just get this over time as you're scrolling. You get this picture of this dude who really needs to be validated. Yeah, like he really needs people to see this thing for what it's trying to be. Yeah, as opposed to to, to like they don't like it for whatever reason, mm-hmm. and he's having a lot of arguments, and some of them go pretty deep, like a lot of back and forths with like people about how it can be multiple things. It doesn't have to be just one thing and blah, blah, blah. And he uses hmm. this head knowledge, heart knowledge comment often in replying yeah. to people. And it just made me go, okay, he is actually playing a four who has ascended, but yeah. he is not that like yeah. at all, which gave I me some get, hope. Yeah, I get that because it's something so vulnerable and so unique and so different that you're putting out there (laughs) and you just need everyone to get it yeah yeah they're right because if they don't get it yeah then of course they're gonna think it's ridiculous and or weird or navel gazy or something Mm -hmm. so like i yeah I think I would feel the same way if I were him. Someone called it the Nanette of magic. Um, do you know what Nanette is? Nanette? Mm-hmm. Nanette is a, I forget the comedian's name, but it's a co- comedian stand-up comedy show. Everyone should watch it. Go watch it, especially if you like this. I mean, it's not this, uh, but it's really good. And it's one of those genre-defying things. It mm-hmm. it And it's very highly personal, and it's... and it. Upends expectations and all of that. That's what they meant. He's mm-hmm. so upset about that comparison. He's really? very mad. And huh. one of the reasons is because Nanette, one of the things that happened to Nanette is people kept calling it a glorified TED talk, stuff like that, or a lecture, or like, this isn't comedy, that kind of thing. Hmm. And so, like, he's very mad about that, which is interesting. Okay. Anyway. So I am further convinced that he's a four. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel pretty confident. I think he has a real strong five wing, probably stronger yeah. than me, because I would never do that with the card tricks. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. The, also, the, just as a sidebar, like I really resonated with, um, I wrote this down, because I, I got to watch it back, back um, a second time halfway. I got halfway okay. through until I had to basically wash dishes and then come do this podcast. But he talked about learning the, 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 the fancy card tricks and stuff. And then he said, Mm -hmm. the more I shared it with others, the more disillusioned I became. Mm -hmm. And he said, other people just couldn't appreciate what I appreciated about it, which I thought Mm -hmm. was so resonant. Like it's Mm -hmm. so freaking good. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I feel that way about podcasting, about no chill Enneagram. Like I just like, I, and I get in my feelings about it. Right. Mm -hmm. But his next line is like, not their fault, not my fault, it's no one's fault. Yeah. He's processing it. You can tell he's at least pretending to process yeah. as he's talking. I think that a five can enjoy their thing without mm-hmm. anyone else, without needing other people to also appreciate it. Yes. Like, I think they can just enjoy it alone. Yes. And if other people don't, appreciate it as much as they do they don't need them to do that yeah and i think that fours probably need other people to appreciate it like they do yeah or want them to yep yeah 
What did you uh, think about the, um, like, sending someone home early oh, yeah. with the book and then coming back the next night? So it's so interesting. There's so many parts about this show that are a little bewildering to me, and they all do connect, but that it feels like, why did he do it? Other than to, like, give it a little bit more depth and maybe extend the time, and that's one of those things Though it comes back to this idea of amplifying people and just frankly giving people a chance to put themselves into the show. Like that's I think what's really beautiful about that is like he's literally standing way over to the side and letting them read what they think the end of the show should be. Yeah. Um, which is cool. It made me so uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yes. Why? Oh, first of all, I would never be the one to volunteer to do that. Why? Oh, because I don't, I don't want to participate in it. <laughs> is that a two thing or is that something else? Um, it's like an introvert thing. But I'm an introvert. I would do. I probably do it at least if I knew it was happening. Right. I like, don't know if it's a two thing or if it's a me and like some social anxiety thing. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I don't think twos want to be like the center of attention mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but yeah and then just the, watching someone from the audience go up there and like read what they wrote or share what they created like just the what if it was really bad and like <laughs> the secondhand embarrassment that yeah. I would feel like what if like, the ones that made it into the special were cool. They were good. They were mm -hmm. like, oh, okay, that person, like, did a good job or whatever. It was yeah. creative. They didn't make a fool of themselves, but I bet some people did, and that mm -hmm. would be really hard to watch. It's almost, though, like, um, there's something about the way it's filmed and edited together and, like, presented to you that it gives the impression that that didn't happen. It's telling you that that yep. didn't happen. Yeah. You know? But and, and, did and it? Well, that's the question. It's a really interesting question because there's this there's this idea of the Russian roulette, right? Like something could go wrong every night and somehow it does not. Every mm -hmm. single night he misses, right? Like he does not shoot himself in the head. Mm -hmm. And there's a number of elements in the show like that. Like he obviously like getting the tricks wrong is one thing, but like mm -hmm. another is just pure embarrassment. I actually yeah. wondered about is it when he calls out idiot? Remember he mm -hmm. calls out idiot and no one answers and he says yeah. that seems about right. Yeah. Isn't he calling out people to receive letters in that moment? No. No? I don't think so. It just made me think like Maybe. what if that what if one of the people who's there to receive letters isn't there and then mm -hmm. the letter doesn't get like you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you now you don't get to do the letter thing, I guess. Like I don't. Yeah. I don't. I mean, ostensibly he's totally magic and has a solution to that. But um, I want to know how the letter thing works. Man, that's the one. Yeah, that's the one I want to know. How does that work? But if I'm just thinking logically, he gets he gets a list of people who bought tickets for the show. He reach he finds their family members. He reaches out, and then he the winners, the people who actually get letters back get you know get to be in the show mm -hmm. and he uses his little sleight of hand trick which he showed us 
he can do yes. to pick specific cards to pick out of the, the right deck. card. <sighs> yeah. I feel like that's probably what happens. But then that's why idiot like really occurred to me is like, oh, that would have really messed him up if mm-hmm. like they don't answer. And like that, like the moment where even the moment where he says like someone can someone come back tomorrow? And he asks again. And he's like, I really need you to do this in order mm-hmm. for the show to continue. Like, did that ever not happen? That's the roulette yeah. piece, right? Yeah. I mean, that's just a great. I mean, Bethany, I know you hate it, but that is that is like really leaning into what makes live theater great. It's like that risk element. It's what like as an improviser, as someone who, I'm not an improviser. I just do improv on occasion. Mm-hmm. But as someone who does improv on occasion, that's what's incredible about it is it can go terribly wrong. Mm-hmm. And so when it doesn't, it's like amazing. Yeah. Which is fun. Yeah. Back to the letters for a second. <laughs> no, but really. No, but seriously. That lady, she said that her dad was dying of Parkinson's. Oh, Could yeah. Could he have even written a letter? That one threw me. From and what I, I know about Parkinson's. Yes. They lose their motor function. Yes, I know. I'm with you on that one. I had a weird moment in my brain of cognitive dissonance, which I think is really interesting. And I, I was literally weeping at the at the sentiment of what was happening and also saying to myself, that is literally impossible. It is and impossible. And believing both yeah. things yeah. fully. I'm like, and do and they being just... really uncomfortable with the impossibility because if that is true, if this is a trick, yeah, that is not cool. Yeah, I know. And so I don't know. Yeah. They could just be like – researching everybody on social media. They could find out inside jokes and things like that. Yeah. And be writing the letters. I don't oh, know. Oh, I hate that. I don't want I know. That to be I it hate is. it too. But I just Ooh. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah, it's crazy. All right. Well our next segment is called Life Advice through the lens of the Enneagram. This is where we give Derek DeGaudio uh, life advice. DeGaudio. DeGaudio. Because, um, you know, he needs it from us. <laughs> from us, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I thought about I feel... this segment yesterday, and I was like, I really don't want to give this character life advice. I feel like advice. I'm an idiot compared to him. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's a freaking literal genius, and I'm just some dumb idiot. <laughs> Out here existing in the world. So I have no advice. Do we want to try giving his Twitter presence? His actual reality oh, person, yeah, yeah, the yeah, person yeah, on Twitter yeah. advi- yes. advice? Yes. Okay, Derek. Listen. <laughs> You're good. You're excellent. You're amazing at playing this character on stage. Or a version of yourself, I guess. Who's like fully realized, actualized, whatever you want to call it, and doesn't, you're not, you're showing your neediness for approval a little bit Mm. too much on Twitter. That too coming out, that too coming out on Twitter a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, And we can all see it because you're Twitter is public, and some people <laughs> might spend two hours going through your replies. Yeah. So maybe you could yeah. keep up 
the image that you have are so good oh, at that's, presenting. That's on a hard stage. ask though for a four, right? I know. It is. I think I think actual like it's more than keeping up an image like there's uh, something you have to learn. on. Tw- he's new to Twitter. That's fundamentally a problem. Like, he's new to Twitter. He started right before this thing came out. And oh, so can okay. you imagine? Can you imagine being new to Twitter? This thing comes out, and that's your exposure? Yeah. Um, so I think I think he's going to have to learn not to amplify the trolls, and that replying to trolls amplifies them inherently. And that, and that, that, that you just got to focus on the people who are touched by what you do. Yeah, and who get it. Not everyone... Not everyone will get it, and I can empathize with how hard of a pill that is to swallow. Yeah. But you're not going to change their minds by telling them that they were listening to their head and not their heart or something. Like you're it's, you're it's not going to make transition. them get it by arguing it- with them. If you think of what the show was, though, it's a real hard ask to make that transition because you're talking about a show where, <laughs> well, it's interesting. Okay, here it is. It's the, think of those people on Twitter as the people who didn't stand up. Mm. That's who they are. You don't got to talk to those people. You don't have to give them the time of day in that moment. They just sit down and watch everyone else have an amazing experience. It's probably really affecting for them. Um, they're probably having some feelings about why they are aren't having it. And that's part of the show. Like, I actually think there's a lot to take away. Like, I know, I know watching this thing, I, I knew watching it, the type of people who were going to hate this thing, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you can tell. And, and that's fine. Like, they're going to get something out of watching other people get something out of it. Mm-hmm. And let's let that be that. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine myself, because I think I do probably identify as one of the people who wouldn't stand up and wouldn't be taking it seriously. Yeah, yeah. I think part of my reason for doing so would be I don't want to get swept up in a cult-like experience. (laughs) Like, I have, like, safeguards against that kind of thing. Yep, yep. That I wouldn't... I relate to that a little bit. I would not let myself i don't mm-hmm. think i would feel like safe yeah enough doing that in yeah in this new like random environment with strangers yeah so so interesting okay well this is this is a good conversation it's a good thing listen if you haven't watched it twice go out watch it twice <laughs> Richard, what would your card say that you chose when you Oh, Lord. I don't, (laughs) man, I don't know. I don't know. It's going to depend. I think, I mean, honestly, I think I would find one that I connected with and grab it with and grab it the minute I saw it. In terms of, I don't think I would have one I was looking for. I I do actually think of myself as a multifaceted elephant. When you ask me that question, I think of myself as like a father and... Yeah. A husband. <laughs> I am also <laughs> a husband, <laughs> father, <laughs> son, I mean, grandfather. the word individualist popped up in my head at, when you asked, which is embarrassing and gross. Oh, um, helper was the first that came to my really? mind. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. There's a whole other conversation we could have about, and, and I actually wanted to have, about 
whether that part of me read that whole thing and, and it obviously it's not intended to be, but part of me read that whole thing as just a straight up rebuke of the Enneagram. In oh, and, and I wanted to just pose that question okay. of whether, whether there's anything we can learn from that in terms of how we slap labels onto ourselves and other people and live in them. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Totally. I agree. Yeah, yeah, because because I'm not just a helper. And actually, that's not the f- most prominent thing that I am either. Yeah, right, right. No one in my life is going to be like, yeah, Bethany is the most helpful, helping person that I know. <laughs> They're just not. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I think that's really valid and i mean i don't think that that's what the enneagram is for or mm-hmm. intends to do is just to slap a label on us and have us identify as one kind of name <laughs> and in fact it's kind of for the opposite purpose right mm-hmm. but i do think i increasingly as we do this show and as i live in the enneagram circles a little bit i i do feel more and more the dangers of the labels mm-hmm. um I I don't think those dangers go away. I think you can be so well aware of how deep the Enneagram goes and what it's for and that the purpose is to grow sort of out of your number a little bit in, in so far as you can. And I I still think that even when we know that it's not good that I'm a four, even when I know it's not good that I'm a four, I think of myself that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it is directly correlated to the extent to which I think about the Enneagram, (laughs) you know, is I just... Oh, like if you're not thinking about the Enneagram much, then you're not thinking about yourself as... To put it more plainly, I think I'm actually less stuck sometimes because I'm not thinking about the Enneagram. Mm -hmm. I think I can get stuck in like whatever fours do, Mm -hmm. not just in terms of how I see myself, but in how I am. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is really scary to think about. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a temptation to force everything into our, like, thinking about it through the lens of our type. And, like, there's a lot of things about me that just don't really fit with, like, typical two stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. And so, but rather than being like trying to force it and be like, well, no, the reason for that is because I'm just like really healthy or something. Like, <laughs> I'm just like, it doesn't matter. I'm different. Like we're you all different. You contain multitudes. Yeah. That's the thing. Someone in yeah. the audience had chosen that card. I think, yeah. And he named them. Yeah. So I thought, oh, that's a good one. They won. I feel like they won the card choosing game mm-hmm. in the end. Yeah. Uh man. I loved yeah. this. I'm going to watch it about two or three more times, I think. Yeah, I'm definitely going to watch it again because once, once I move past, like, all of the magic stuff and then over-empathizing with everyone in the audience, <laughs> I think I can yeah. <laughs> have a deeper experience. Yeah. Good. Is that it? Yeah. Awesome.
Chill Enneagram is an Area Code production. It is hosted by Richard Clark and Bethany Perkins. Look, Richard's a four. He needs your affirmation. And Bethany's a two. She needs your love. Follow us and send us your thoughts on Twitter at NoChillEnneapod and Instagram at NoChillEnneagram. I I can't. I just want to do three words. <laughs> Let's pretend I don't know that and you can spring okay. it on me and I'll give you shit for it and you can talk about why. Great. This is an Area Code Podcast.